Welcome back, everyone, to Anonymous Addiction, the programming podcast. This is Bobby C. I'll be your host today. And uh, we're going we're gonna to unpack. We're going to be deprogramming, unpacking, following the dots, you know, connecting the dots, following the money, all that good stuff. And we're going to be talking about, I call it, I'm going to label this J.D. Rockefeller Jr.'s vision for Alcoholics Anonymous. J.D. Rockefeller's Jr.'s vision for Alcoholics Anonymous, because that's what it is. Bill W. was just a, he was a marketing, um, he was the marketer, he was the promoter, and there's nothing wrong with that, and Rockefeller seen that back in 1937, you know, a couple years before, uh, before Bill even started to think about writing the big book or anything. But we're gonna we're gonna dig into it. So it's chapter eleven, page one fifty one in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, it's the big book. It's only one hundred six hundred and sixty four pages, and uh, they call it the big book. And then there's stories afterwards. But this is the last chapter. You know, it ends at page one hundred and sixty four. So that's one hundred and sixty four pages, and the rest is the uh, stories. So let, let's get into it. First of all, you know, I like to I like to just say as Alcoholics Anonymous, as a as a religion, I don't have anything wrong with that. It, I was in there. I was in I was in Alcoholics Anonymous. I belong to the religion of Alcoholics Anonymous. What if people say it's not a religion? Well, it was created to separate religion like Catholicism, like I was born and raised into because I was born a Catholic, okay? But I didn't like that religion because I had to sit there, I had to pray. And back in them old days, they they even spoke in Latin, you know? And then they started translating in English. But I had to sit there, I had to do all my rituals, you know, as a, a young kid. I didn't like that, I didn't buy that. So here I am, you know, I'm in my 30s, 32, 33, I'm 34, I'm going to Alcoholics Anonymous back in, you know, 38 years ago. And I get involved with this group because I really, I didn't join many things. So this thing was kind of cool. You know, I had a friend coming over. His name was Lonnie. He took me to my first meeting and, and, and he, he was cool. I liked him. He had two kids. My wife was hanging with his wife. This, this, this was okay. We were driving over there. He was a construction dude. Uh, he, he never tried to push a big book on me or do anything. So I'm going to these meetings and little do I know, I look, look back now, it, it's a religion. So I'm joining this religion. They're trying to get me to God and turn my will and my life over to the care of God. And, you know, all this stuff from the very beginning, but I didn't go to, a, I didn't go to a uh, step meeting for a year. So how did I stay sober? I didn't go to a step meeting for a year, you know? And, uh, I, I maintain my sobriety, whatever they want to call it. But getting back, a vision for you. Here, here's another thing. It works if you work it. Yes, it does. And I'm not telling him, yes, it works if you work it. See, that's the trick. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. Yeah, because I had to have this desire. It had to come from me. It works if you work it. Yes, if I work something and I put my attention into it, my care, my will, and my action into something, anything is going to work. It could have been any program back then, 38 years ago. I didn't have any alternative. I probably did, but there was not many. I didn't have the internet. I didn't have a computer. 
there was social media. I don't even know what that was. You want to see what our little phones look like, you know. Cell phones just started to come out. So let's get into this. Chapter 11, page 151 in the big book. For most normal folks, I'm not normal. Remember, I'm in Alcoholics Anonymous, so I'm not one of those normal folks. Now, it's weird. In this first paragraph, what they're doing is actually, let me check the, I want to just check the, yeah, let's raise this up a little bit. So in the first, first paragraph, they're actually advertising alcohol like it's really fun. You know, I mean, I don't have anything against alcohol. I'm not a prohibitionist. Your choice. You want to drink? Fine. If you want to uh, live an alcohol and drug lifestyle, go ahead. It doesn't matter. I mean, not that it doesn't matter, but that's your choice. Uh, here we go. Drinking means companionship, colorful imagination. It means release from cares and boredom and worries. It is a joyous intimacy with friends and the feeling that life is good. That's their description of alcohol. I don't know. I mean, it's almost sounds like, okay, you're a normal, we're not normal, but you are. So that's how you drink, right? But not so for us in these last days of heavy drinking. Now get, don't mind you, alcohol drinking, heavy drinking, just in this one page, serious drinking, Heavy drinking, problem, ex-problem drinking. You know, just in one page, they, they use all these terms. Okay, getting back. The old pleasures were gone. Never could we recapture the great moments of the past. No. Okay, now they call it, next paragraph. Let's see, heavy drinking, habitual problematic drinking, some new miracles of control. Never could we recapture yet. Yes, addiction is real. I'm not denying that. And that habitual use could be problematic. You know, I'm not trying to tell, look, I get a lot of comments. I don't call them negative or positive. I get comments. The, you know, the comments that I read or, or the last comments I got were, uh, I'll pray for you. I'm going to pray for you and your subscribers. Uh, I know you're still resentful and hate, hate AA. And uh, I felt that a Alcoholics Anonymous saved my life. Well, I think you saved your life. Okay. That's just my observation and my experience through understanding the mind, the brain, thoughts, emotions, feelings, and, and what we are capable of accomplishing. So I don't see it as negative or positive comments. I get comments like that. I'll pray for you because you're still, you know, resentful. I don't think I'm resentful at all. Okay. I think I'm just bringing out some facts that I have discovered, uh, deprogramming and uncovering some things that may benefit you and, and may not, you know, so check it out. Uh, and keep on commenting. You know, I love, I love my, you know, my, other comments too, they, they feel good. You know, they feel very good. And I appreciate all those comments on my YouTube, on this YouTube channel. So keep them coming. Okay, now they call it King Alcohol. The less people tolerate us, the more we withdraw from society, from life itself, as we become subjects of King Alcohol. Like this alcohol, it has the, I believe, 
Certain models don't believe it, but I believe when you take a pint of alcohol and drink it, it has an effect on your body, mind, and spirit, period. Okay. If I believe it or not, they're saying that it's all about my beliefs and where I'm at and the set and the settings and stuff like that. But believe what you want. It doesn't matter because a lot of these new, these new programs are temperance movements because temperance means moderation. A lot of these programs are promoting, uh, promoting moderation and, and, and I, I know one program that it is the big book. It's so thick. And for a new person to comprehend and understand that thickness of that research and believe the psychology and, and the research that has been done, that's a belief system too. I believe that can be a placebo and so can, the, so can everything else. I believe Alcoholics Anonymous is a placebo because it all comes from us. Some people will say, if I don't, like me personally, I don't live a alcohol and free lifestyle, alcohol and drug lifestyle. I just don't because that's the way I am. Well, I take prescription medications if, if I need to, if I had to, yeah, yes, I would. Am I, am I, do I do podcasts about the pharmaceutical industry? Yes, I do. And I'm going to do a lot more about the alcohol industry because of the devastating consequences that alcohol has on society. I cannot deny that. I just, I just can't deny it. People say it's minimal. There's not a lot. It's the most dangerous drug in the world. Okay. And I'm not a prohibitionist. I'm not a temperance person. I'm not a uh, anti-alcohol drinking, anti-drug drinking you know, we have doctors that are promoting, uh, you know, big boy uh, drug use. So they say they can moderate. And that's good. They can moderate. Anybody can moderate using a, a drug, you know. And there's a reason for a lot of uh, Dr. Hart. You know, if you look him up, he talks about addiction and getting uh, good drugs instead of street drugs. And having testing sites so you could test the drug and make sure it's if there's an agenda to everything okay i don't care what it is so uh and then it, well here we go they talk about the king alcohol shivering four horsemen the terror of bewilderment frustration despair of unhappy drinkers who read this page we understand oh i'm an unhappy i was an unhappy drinker no i was a drinker that got in trouble and the consequences were greater at the end and I didn't find much happiness. And so I made a decision. I raised my hand and, and said, help. Yes, I raised, I, I said, help. I said, yes to help. That was what I did. And I was done. I said, yes to help. I was, I wanted to be done. I wanted something else. Yeah, I did. And I had a desire. Want, a desire just means wanting. And I wanted something else and I achieved it, you know, because whatever the mind can conceive and believe we can achieve wherever our attention goes, the energy flows, wherever I put my will care and action towards and my attention, I can achieve these things. So yes, there are pointers to the way Alcoholics Anonymous can be a pointer and religious conversion. I mean, there, there's millions of people that are saying they, they went to a religion and the religion and God and Jesus cured them and saved them. I just believe that they did it. You know, I believe that they believed that Jesus did it, but that's their belief. They're allowed to believe whatever they want. I'm not trying to change their belief. 
religion, here's, here's a religion, here's Alcoholics Anonymous. The only difference is you can have more fun in Alcoholics Anonymous because you got all these people coming through. All these crazy son of bitches that used to be alcoholic and drug addicts, they, they call them. I don't like the, the, the words. I just use that term. But And they're, I'm not saying they're all crazy either. You know, take me serious or take me as jokingly. I was a crazy son of a bitch. And still today, some people could call me a little crazy. Okay, so all I know is we had fun there, man. We, you know, we, 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 it was fun. I had, I had fun. I still have a few friends that go and believe in alcoholics and not, but we, we don't talk about alcoholics and not. They know where I'm at. They know I don't go to AA meetings. They know I deprogram and they know that. So we don't talk about alcohol. As a matter of fact, all the friends and the sponsors, call them sponsors that I had, they we, we really weren't in getting into that. We didn't do real big books studies and we didn't go over each other's house and always talk about Alcoholics Anonymous. We talked about our families, friends, wives. We talked about situations in life. I'll get into it later, but well, my the, the, some of the deprogramming stuff I definitely had to get out of. It's my last sponsor and I love him to death. I love his family and I still still love him as a, a human being. The last sponsor I had, I had to call him sponsor because you know, if you don't have a sponsor, what the hell happens? You don't have a sponsor. You're not working a program. How you working a program if you're not doing the steps and have a sponsor and having your, your sponsor have a sponsor and, and, and work the steps through a sponsor. So my last friend sponsor years ago, you know, five, six, if I, if he called me today and he needed help, I'd be over there in a minute. Okay. He told me, because this is the, the indoctrination that we get. This is, he said, I, I asked him a question years ago. I said, what's going to happen if a person leaves Alcoholics Anonymous? And he said, they go insane. They go crazy. And what does it tell you in Alcoholics Anonymous? You know, stop going to meetings. You're going to drink, go insane, die, or land up in an institution. What's an institution? Mental institution, are they talking about? So, problem drinkers. Oh, and then they laugh at, you know, I'm only on the second page. You know this thing's going to go into part two. I know it now. I can feel it. So, I'm only on page two, the second page. And they laugh. As ex-problem drinkers, we smile at such Sally. We know our friend is like a boy whistling in the dark to keep up his spirit. Because, because he said this, I don't miss it at all because this guy stopped drinking. I don't miss it at all. I feel better, work better, and having a better time. Now, this is what they say to a, a, a person, and they call it, look, this is, I'm only at the bottom of the first page. Now and then a serious drinker. Now I'm a serious drinker, and I'm serious about this. Being dry. Yeah, it says it right here. Being dry. So they're labeling the, the serious drinker to drinker. You're being dry when you stop. And if you think you don't miss it and you're feeling better and you work better and having a better time, you're fooling yourself. 
he fools himself. It says it right. I'm not making this stuff up. I am not making this stuff up. I'm reading it out of the big book, 164 pages, and I'm at the end of it. A vision for you. I call it Rockefeller's Vision for Alcoholics Anonymous because he designed this thing. And I'll, I'll show you exactly how he designed it. Matter of fact, I could get into it right now, but I'll wait a little bit. He will wish, listen to this. This is the, this is the third paragraph. We're only on the third paragraph, okay? He will be at the jumping off point. It's talking about the serious drinker to, to stop drinking and feels like he's, you know, he's, he's doing good. He will be at the jumping point. He will wish for the end. What does that mean? Suicide? He will wish for the end. Talk about fear, guilt, shame, threatening, uh, coercion, persuasion, coercive persuasion, indoctrination, subliminal messaging, osmosis. Uh, we now show him he, he got out from under. I shall be, I shall be stupid, boring, and glum like some religious folks if I have to go into this program. Won't I be stupid, boring, and glum? Yes, there is substitution. Have, have, have you a, sub, have you a significant substitute? Yes, we have. It is vastly growing. It is called Alcoholics Anonymous. There you will find release. Look up the word release. They talk about release, okay? Um, release from this, this disease, from this cure. They're going to release me from care because they're going to want me to give, they're going to ask me to give my care over to them. So that's the release of care, release of care. Give my will and my life over to the care of Alcoholics Anonymous. They're going to release from care, boredom, and worry. You won't have any more care, boredom, or worry. You won't be bored anymore. I still suffer with, I mean, feelings of pang of boredomness. But now I learned to, after years and years of practice, learn that boredom, I embrace it sometimes. You know, I like, I like to be bored. I like to be by myself. I like to be alone. Being alone with myself and enjoying that. That's, it's not because I'm alone or even though the more I get into this stuff, the more I do become enjoying loneliness or being alone. So they're going to give us a release. Now you alcoholics are dying helplessly like people in the sinking ship. Now remember, this is written 1939. I'll get into a little bit. 1939, this is written. He got Bill comes in December 1934, meets, meets Bob. Okay. Bob gets sober. He only has a couple couple weeks sober Bob gets sober and they meet Bill D you know who's the third alcohol and that's you know that's the start of it so 1939 that's four years later four years alcoholics anonymous and 
if you want to research stuff, go ahead. You can research Alcoholics Anonymous archives, but they're, they're only going to tell you the accounts of the members. They're going to only talk about the members and what they, they recollect, and they'll be writing it down, even way back from, uh, uh, you know, from the beginning. They're only going to know Henrietta Siblinger, Siblinger, Henrietta. They connected Bill and Bob. She's only going to tell you her account. There's a there's a tape that she has. She she only knows what she has going to have. She doesn't know what's in the mind of Rockefeller, J.D. Rockefeller Jr. She, she doesn't know what's in his mind because I I do because I look back and I look at Rockefeller family how he how he made sure that the foundation alcohol foundation was established. And how he had to buy back the stocks because Bill and Hank, uh, and how 1938, Frank Hamas, who was sent by Rockefeller to check out, this is 1939. There was no name. There was no name. There was no name, Alcoholics Anonymous. There was no book. There was no steps. People were staying sober because they had a desire and they wanted to. There was none of that. People say they go back to 1934, 35, go ahead, 36, 37, 38. I got it all here. I got it all documented. It all starts to uncover in 39, okay? But Frank Amos did the Frank Amos report. Look it up, Frank Amos report. He was sent by Rockefeller to check out this Bill W. dude, this Bill Wilson dude, and this, this thing because... Bill's, Bill's brother-in-law hooked him up because Bill went to his brother-in-law. He needed some cash. He needed some money. So Bill went to his brother-in-law and checked it out. And he talked to him. And because Bill, Bill was in the Oxford group and they were all in the Oxford group. I mean, in the beginning, Lois and Bill was in the Oxford group. Uh, Bob, was in the Oxford group. All of them in the beginning were in the Oxford group. They, Alcoholics Anonymous didn't start their, their own program. It was all the Oxford group program up until 30, once they started to write the book. Then in 39, I think 39, 40, that's when it changed over. Still belonging, you know, in 1937, still belonging to the Oxford group, large home, at Henry and Clarence Williams, Dr. Bob sometimes joined. The group, 1937, the group was called Alcoholics Squadron of the Oxford Group. Alcoholics Squadron of the Alcoholics Anonymous Group. Wasn't AA, yeah. You gotta know the history. You gotta go beyond even some of the, some of the books. Or if you get the books, because it's all about books, you know, Bill, Bill was, Bill got, I have it written down here, but the royalties he got every year from the books, you know, that helped him. But he was broke. Lois and, Lois and Bill were broke uh, up until, you know, 1940. They were broke. They were, they didn't even have a house. They, they lost their house and they're living from house to house. And even in the beginning when they uh, started the Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, they lived upstairs of one of the, one of the, uh, centers uh, that 
you know, the meeting was downstairs and they kind of lived upstairs. Uh, all along, they were broke. Who do you think? Frank Hamas came around in 19, 1937. Rockefeller had this thing wired out. He's seen it. He liked it because he liked the temperance movement. He liked prohibition and he liked the temperance movement. So he's taking a peek at this. He's looking at it. He sends Frank Amos over. Frank Amos does the Frank Amos report with the first 50 people. You know, in 1938, there was about 50. And he did a report, sent it back to Rockefeller. And um, he wrote the Amos roster the first written list of members ever produced, full names and everything, 50, member, uh, 50 men, two women, 50 men, two women. That's back in February 1938, okay? No name, no alcohol, anonymous name, no book, no steps, no nothing, Oxford group still. I'm going to just stop right there because we'll get back into it, but I'm going to go back into the big book, Okay. I like to connect the dots. I love doing this. I love checking it out. You want to you want to check out their version of what they know? Okay. I would say if you want to really check it out, check out the check out like his brother-in-law. Go to Leonard F. B. Strong. If he, he's he's dead, he's passed away. Go to Reverend William Richardson. You know, go to a mosque. Go, because they were the first trustees. Bill W. wasn't even a trustee. See, Rockefeller formed the Alcohol Foundation. He had to form this foundation. He had to get it, the foundation, because Bill was growing up with Hank. He, he was he was going to sell stocks. As a matter of fact, he did. They, they printed up these, which was illegal. They printed up 600 these stock certificates. Convinced Bill W. to, to retain control over the book by publishing it itself. You know, Hank, Hank was a good, Hank actually worked for, for Standard Oil. Who owned Standard Oil back then? Rockefeller. Um, so they, Bill W and the stockbroker, he was a stockbroker, so he knew about this stuff. Started selling shares to the company called Works Publishing. Was never incorporated or never had any assets. Two thirds of the shares they, they they sent out the 600 shares. They paid, um, they 200 a share sold for 5,000 bucks, 25 bucks a piece with the promise to eventually issue a stock certificate would never happen because Rockefeller had to come back and get all the shares, buy the shares back because if he didn't, they couldn't obtain, they couldn't retain the, 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 the foundation. They couldn't retain the, the book. They couldn't put it into the, the foundation. They would have been out there. The members would have owned it. <laughs> Meant the AAs held no ownership. Shareholders would own the AA big book. No way. They weren't going to let that happen. There was a holdout. He went back and Rockefeller eventually had bought all the other shares back. There was a holdout. You know, Robert uh, Furlong didn't transfer stock until 1942. This thing was, you know, kind of like in litigation, but Rockefeller put the pressure on it and sold eventually. <clears throat> Hank had once been an assistant general sales manager for Standard Oil of New Jersey. 
bailed them out and convinced all their shareholders to transfer their ownership. Rockefeller. They called it a miracle. Miracle of Rockefeller. Bailed them out, convinced all the shareholders to transfer their ownership of the big book back to AA. And it wasn't smooth. No. These are just some things that I'm connecting that people say, I don't give a crap about none of that stuff. That does, that's not important to me. You're giving your life and your will over to the care of a society. You should know and have some information and knowledge about why you're doing that and who, who in the heck ever told you, diagnosed you with this, this so-called disease, which everybody knows it's not a disease anymore. But Alcoholics Anonymous, the multi-leveling marketing scheme, which Rockefeller knew about, you think Bill what W Bill W was walking around just promoting the book. He had no money for the first four years, five years. Alcoholics Anonymous did not become self-supporting until 1940. Alcoholics Anonymous did not have, where'd they get the money to sustain? And who was creating the pyramid? Who was creating the structure of, of, the, of the next layer? Of course, you had the 12 steps, the 12 traditions, and the 12 concepts. This is the big boy. This is where Rockefeller's geniuses came in. Where Rockefeller's geniuses came in to help develop this worldwide um network worldwide network of a premier a pyramid multi-level marketing pyramid scheme and it's not even you know it's just the reason people say bobby what's the reason why would rockefeller want to do that you got to go back you got to go, and i could take you back there you got to go back to like and here here's it's all coming together in 1939. I, I'm going to do a podcast completely on the, the timeline, but it all comes together, 1939. Uh, Rockefeller was setting the whole thing up in the years prior. And the years prior, and that's when the dinner came about. Because they had a, they had, now he formed the foundation. He had to pump money into the foundation and get a lot of donations into it. So Rockefeller held that dinner, got all kinds of big business people involved. And um, that's when, that's when it all, Bill and, uh, 1939 to 1940, Bill and Lois were evicted from their house on the Clinton Street, you know, 182 is Clinton Street in Brooklyn, New York. And they moved to Hanks and Kaplan. 1939, they started the right, that's when they started to write the big book. And at all, 1939, that's when Marty Mann comes into the picture, 39. I mean, it all, that's when Rockefeller hosts the dinner, you know, in, in, in 1940 uh, to, to really push this thing. You know, in 1940, Bill and Lois are still homeless. They're still living up top of one of the clubhouses. You know, they're they're still home. They're still homeless. Who's paying the bills? Rockefeller sees the potential in this because he sees vision. He's a visionary. He's a visionary. 
And I don't hold it against them, but you got to understand the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, the J.P. Morgans, the Carnegies. If you know the history, it's like, do we talk about them? No, we talk about a president of the United States, a little puppet, and saying that the president is, is, is the most powerful person in the world. What a crock of shit. It's like saying Bill W. and Dr. Bob were the power of Alcoholics Anonymous. No, they were just symbols. They were just the promoters. They had to because people could relate to Bill and Bob. They could relate to their story. You know, 1940, J.B. Rockefeller holds the thing and the whole thing started to change, you know. Let's get back in to the big book. Sorry, I don't know how. They're going to tell me I got 10 minutes left. Okay, we're going to go left. Now, the rest of the book, the rest of this book here is near your alcoholic or dying helplessly like soldier. Okay, let's get over here to give yourself. Here's where it comes. In. Then you will know what it means to give yourself. They're starting to set it up now. Okay, they're, they're giving you a little taste of it. Now they're going to set it up. They're telling you to, that this book launches on... Here's the vision you think that Bill wrote, you think Rockefeller and his advisors didn't have anything to do with this. They seen the future of this, okay? Bill was still broke, okay? The book is launched onto the world tide of alcoholism. Defeated drinkers will seize upon it to follow its suggestions. They will approach still other sick ones and fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous may spring up in each city and hamlet. Havens for those who must find a way out. And they tell you to go back to working with others because that's the whole pyramid scheme. One, one person sponsoring two people. It's, it's, the, it's the law of multiplicity. It's, it's the one sponsor, two sponsors, two equals. I have a, I have a graph that shows the multi-leveling type marketing of this thing. Working with others. Go back to working with others. And, get, and, and, and getting a glimpse of the future by recruitment. Years ago in 1935, there, I found two typos in this, this page, okay? Uh, 153, there's a typo. Years ago in 1935, one of our numbers, it meant members, I guess, and they're, talking, they're starting to talk about Bill W. So they're gonna, they're gonna lay out the story of Bill W. because they, you didn't get the books yet. They didn't write the books yet of all the other books that kind of tell the history. So they're telling it here, you know, 1939, 1940, they're telling this story of the future. So their projection, they're projecting what Rockefeller's setting up for the future. Why? We'll get into why. First of all, he bought out the German, uh, pharmaceutical industry, okay, year, a, few, a few years before, he, he, he got into the German uh, pharmaceutical industry, and he was taking over the, the medical industry. I mean, he, 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 he hijacked the AMA, and that's when all the education, and he pumped millions and millions and millions of dollars. I'll get into that in another podcast. Pumped millions and millions in it, uh, millions into education, educating universities, schools, and colleges on all this 
different types, even cancer. He was involved in the cancer industry way, way, way back. So it's telling you that Bill meets Bob here. Bill has a few, few months sober. Bill W. sober six months meets Bob. Everybody knows the story. So check out the story of how Bob met. I mean, six months. Now, Bill, Bob has weeks, okay? Once he got a couple weeks, they talk about the disease. They talk about alcoholism. And Bill and Bob has to, they, they got to get another, another recruit. They got to get somebody else. They got to multiply this thing. And it look, I'm not denying that Bill and Bob meeting and sharing their experience doesn't help. There's no question in my mind that what Bill W. did, all I'm saying is it, Rockefeller took it over. What Bill and Bob did together was cool. I mean, it works. That's, that's good. It's passing, but it's the Oxford group. It's a religious conversion, rigid, a religious transformation of what you think and believe to believing in God. And it's laid out over and over and over in the big book and the writings. A, B, and C and how it works. Find God. So they, they keep on talking about the, the spiritual act, active, activity. So they meet, they meet the third lawyer. Okay. That's that's Bill D. They meet this lawyer. Notice they're they're all doctor, stockbroker, lawyer, professionals. And in the beginning, they put the professionals. Bill W. or Doctor Bob was not even a trustee in the beginning. The all the top dogs from Rockefellers were the trustees. It's all, it's all documented. You just got to follow the money and look at it. Okay, so they meet D. They meet Bill D. Okay? Who, who we're giving you a treatment for alcoholism. They, they come in there. They see Bill D. We're going to give you a treatment for alcoholism. Acute poisoning, suffering, warped mind, sick man. You need the spiritual experience. Okay? So they go in there on day three. Day three. Three days. The lawyer gives his life to the care and direction of God. Three days. Three-day conversion. Did that work? Yeah, it works because Bill D believed it. Bill D wanted it. There was something in Bill D. He liked he liked uh, Bill W and Dr. Bob. He liked it. He liked it. He liked what they were talking about. Three days. He said he was perfection willing to do anything necessary, spiritual experience. He's a free man now from the hospital. But he had found God, and in finding God, he had found himself. That was in June 1935. He never drank again. June 35. Bill got sober in December, at the end of December. Let's just say it's 35. So you're talking June, May, June, January, February, March, April, May, June. You're talking six months, these three people. Six, they only, all of them, Bill only had six months. Bob had a couple weeks or not a couple weeks. And Bill D had a couple days, three days. Bam. The fourth turned up. 
Now, now they got four because they told, go back and working with others. They're telling you how it's got to work. You got to recruit, 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 recruit. And in the simple, it's in the simple form of what is going on with Bill Bob and, and Bill D is beautiful. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm uncovering, recovering, discovering the truth about the whole society. If you're, if you like AA and you, and you look, there's people in religious that are converted and transformed. There's people in Alcoholics Anonymous that are religious and transformed. Okay. I'm not denying that. I'm not denying that people are living productive lives today uh, because of that. It's not because of that though. It's because of them. That's what I'm trying to convey. They are the creator of their own destiny. We are the solution, okay? Yes, I'll give credit. They're the pointer. They help me point the way. But sooner or later, we, sooner or later, I had to expand my consciousness awareness, check out other things. Don't leave Alcoholics Anonymous. You like it, stay. Uh, if you're thinking about leaving, keep on checking these podcasts and check other things out, okay? Uh, if you think you can uh, just want to listen and kind of you have some uh, ambivalence or uh, cognitive dissonance, what I had so many years, just listen, stay in, check it out. Hey, you're sober? That's great. You're not using any drugs? Look, A-A-N-A-C-A-M-A-O-A, all the 12 steps are all the same. So when I talk about AA, I'm talking about them all, all the 12-step philosophies, Okay. I'm not just talking, I'm talking about A, N-A. N-A is just a spinoff because they capitalized on the drug industry and, and you don't think the pharmaceutical industry and all that other stuff was checking this out and looking at it. Rockefeller wasn't involved with none of this. So free man, so fourth comes up. Now they're just laying, what they're doing is they're laying out the fourth, fourth one comes up and he gets sober. And they're talking about how you, how you, you know, how you how this thing works by sponsorship and recruitment okay so they made an effort to bring the man's family into spiritual ways of living this is though they knew they must help other alcoholics if they would remain sober their motive still was secondary they wanted to get into the family this is where al-anon the family disease it gets into um the family disease it gets into how they can help the family a year and six months later, these three had successes with seven more. And you're talking 19, what, what's this, 39? So 1940, that's when uh, Rockefeller had his uh, dinner with everybody. Remember, it wasn't, this wasn't AA. This was not even alcohol. They're saying alcohol is anonymous, but it was still the Oxford group, okay? When they wrote this book, 1939-1940, then they called it Alcoholics Anonymous, okay, because they were going to call it a lot of other things, but they, they went up to the Oxford group up until, up until the book was written. And they're laying out this vision for, because Lois had this, had this thing, she started Al-Anon. Lois Wilson started Al-Anon, okay. 
Uh, let's see. Many life. This is this is what Alcoholics Anonymous tries to. It's it's a church. It's a community. Nothing wrong with that. The, the only thing that I have see wrong is that you have to give your life and will over to the care of God. And if you're not, you're not working Alcoholics Anonymous. Why even be an Alcoholics Anonymous? Okay. But life among Alcoholics Anonymous is more than attending gatherings and visiting hospitals, cleaning up old scraps, helping to settle family differences, explaining the disinherent son to his irate parents, lending money out, securing jobs for each other. When justified, these are everyday occurrences. No one is too discredited. This is a religious fellowship. It's where it's a fellowship. Of course it is, you know. Uh, it's, it's, look, it's, it's a, it's a, I'm not denying it. It's not a beautiful thing in its simplistic origins. Okay. All I'm saying is if you're honest with yourself and saying, yeah, this is, this is a religious organization. This is a religious community. We believe in God and we believe that without God, that you are lost. And, you know, the only way to recover is giving your will and your life over to the care of God. So let's get back a little bit to a vision. Let's see, have you a significant substitute? Yes, vision for AA, promotional for the world. This whole chapter is a promotion for what's to come, okay? And it came, and Rockefeller knew how to do it, okay? To build an organization, a multi-level marketing organization, this book here, you want to see how they say it's not organized? Check out the 12 concepts and the trustees and where the trustees came from. You know, Bill's, Bill W. 65, look, after this thing started to get rolling and they they started to pump the book out. Bill was getting $65,000 a year for royalties just from this book, okay? Lois at the end, she got like a million dollars in royalties. And I don't have a problem with that either because Rockefeller didn't care about that. That was peanuts for his new world agenda of what he was, he was seeing. He was seeing into the future way beyond what what the archives will show you. It goes way beyond that. This thing goes to the whole world industry of addiction and drug alcohol recovery industry, which is a multi-billion dollar operation. And it, yes, it goes into the alcohol and pharmaceutical industries. Yes, it does. Like I said, four years later, four years later, still no name, no book, no steps. Frank Amos report, who was, who was on the foundation? Yeah, check out that Frank Amos report. I can't find it here. In the beginning, Dr. Silkworth, who was the doctor in the beginning said, pump out, pump it out. It's a disease and we have a cure. And I'll, I'll show you, I'm, I'll probably, we're gonna probably, uh, I don't know where we're at, but here. Go back into, uh, let's see, one of the stories. One of the stories I just have, let's see a story here. 
one of the stories is is about uh, the third member. It's called it's called Alcoholics Anonymous Number Three. Okay, that's that's the first that's the first story. No, that's the second story. The first one is Doctor Bob's Nightmare. The second one. Dr. Bob's nightmare isn't even the story. It's just telling about Dr. Bob. Number one, page 182 in the big book. Okay, Alcoholics Anonymous number three. I'm going to read just a couple little excerpts. Bill W., June 28th, uh, Bill D., Bill D., the third alcoholic. During the first six months of, of 1935, when June 26, 1935, his wife was, his wife was Henrietta. Wow. Plan was that they tell to each other, the drunks. They came in and began to give instructions in the program, which later became known as Alcoholics Anonymous. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? They came in and began to give instructions in the program because it was the Oxford group, which later became Alcoholics Anonymous. But we have a program. This is Bill and Bob. This is Bill and Bob talking to talking to the third member, Bill D. Knew that he couldn't handle it himself and needed outside help. If I believe in the higher power, believe in God, I will be willing to go to the higher power and ask for help, calmly and without any reservation. They were telling him to pass it on. Couldn't do it alone. Believe in a higher power. Go to God. Now, higher power, which to me was God, without any reservation. Now, here's where they talk about the disease. Listen to this. This is Bill and Bob telling tell D, Bill D, you are an alcoholic. Of course, remember, Dr. Silkworth told them to push the disease concept. And that's where later on, Marty Mann and all Smithers and Jeronick and yeah, the money was pumping in. Christopher Smithers, had, they had so much money, the Smithers Foundation. Check out Christopher Smithers. You can't even look him up because he was the founder of IBM. Try to find him out and what part he played. You are an alcoholic. As far as I know, that was the first thing I had ever paid any attention to. No, you have a disease. 24 hours later. That's where they come up. 24 hours. You can't. 24 hours. 24 hours. Had a cure for alcoholism. This is where Bill said to, to D, uh, Bill D, we have a cure for alcoholism. Two or three days later, I finally came to the decision to turn my will in, uh, over to God and to go along with this program the best I could. But I did come to the conclusion that I was willing to put everything into it. Henrietta, the Lord has been so wondrous to me, cursing me of the terrible disease that I just want to keep talking about it and telling people. Henrietta was Bill D's uh, wife. The Lord has been so wonderful to me, curing me of this terrible disease that I just want to keep telling people about it. The Lord, okay. It came into AA solely from the purpose of sobriety, but it, it has been through AA and I have found God. That's, that's the first story, that's Bill D. But they're telling them, we have a cure. Bill W. and Dr. Bob have a cure for this. And the cure is going to God. Yeah. I could probably I could probably end this if I had time. Holy mackerel. 
let's let's just go right at the end of it to um let's go right to the end of it to a vision for you reading it this is red it's a vision for you red just like how it's worked more about alcoholism this is one of the readings it's read throughout the whole world alcoholics anonymous to the world community our book is meant to be suggestive only no it's not you look at you look in the 12 12 traditions. They're not suggestions. If you think they're suggestions of the 12 traditions, you let me know. I could go back real quick and just do one of them. Okay. AA must continue to live or most of us will surely die. That doesn't sound like a suggestion. Ultimate authority. Uh, money. Uh, no other authority than its own conscience. Without That doesn't sound like suggestions. Express any opinion. No expression of any opinion outside controversial issues, particularly those of politics, alcohol reform, or secularism. You make up your own mind. Look, look in the back of the book of the long version of the traditions. We realize we know only a little, but okay, they realize they, own, they know only a little, but now look, just, just in this reading, just in this one reading, okay, God is mentioned seven times. God will constantly disclose disclose more to us as we ask God in your morning meditation what you should do each day for the main man who is still suffering and sick okay see to it that your relationship with God is right abandon yourself to God as you understand God admit your faults to God and to your fellows clear away the record of your past may God bless you and keep you until then they don't have they don't have many they, they only know a little but god knows everything god will reveal everything to you and that's the only way you work in this program about Volks anonymous okay um bill d was the third member third day of spiritual experience never drank again his wife was her, uh, henrietta gave his will and life over the care of god and Bob and Bill said there was a cure, and that cure of alcoholism was Alcoholics Anonymous. So we could get back to some more things later on. I, I, I don't even have to do a part two in this. I'm going to leave it at that. Or let me go a little bit deeper into telling you the, the key players, the trustees. Okay. This is back in 1938, 39. Frank Amos was a trustee. Dr. Leonard Strong was a trustee. These are non-alcoholics. John Wood was a trustee. Bill wasn't even a trustee. And Frank Amos was a trustee. Okay, these were trustees. That, that's when they created the concepts. They were the trustees of the foundation. And you know what trustees are. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna stop there, and uh, come back and join us. I'll I'll be de debunking, deprogramming, demystifying, deocculting some other different segment in the big book, step book, or one of the books that they've been getting royalties for years and years and years. So stay tuned and keep on commenting. There's no negative or positive comment. Just keep commenting. I'm cool with it. And if you want to pray for me, go ahead. Because, you know, 
Uh, and if you think I'm resentful, hey, that's up to you. I wrote down a definition of what resent what resentment actually means. I don't know if it's right here or not. Maybe it's in the other my other book. But uh, I know what resentment is. It's a bitter air. Resentment. A, a bitter indignation of having been treated unfairly. I wasn't, look, was I a victim in the beginning? I think we're all victims in a sense in the beginning, but I don't feel no victimhood anymore. I'm not a victim of anything. And you know what? I wasn't treated unfairly. I, it was the making of my own belief. I wanted, I wanted it. I had desire, okay? Uh, resentment, a negative emotion reaction to being mistreated, wronged by another person or group. I'm just, I'm just sharing some experiences and uncovering some things that maybe could help somebody else just understand what, what group they're in. You know, experiencing frustration and disappointment is a normal part of life. That's what I say. Hate is strong, uh, less logical or more emotional. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Do I hate, am I, am I angry and pissed off about society? Some, somehow society is ruled by the governing forces of, of manipulation, indoctrination, propaganda, and greed, corruption. Yeah, yeah, I'm angry. I get pissed off about that, but this isn't what this is about. This is, this is a positive thing that I feel I have a responsibility to pass on. Feeling sorry for someone, praying. Now that this person feels sorry for us and she's praying for us, she said 165. Well, you've got to pray for 170 now because the camp just went up. Okay, so keep subscribing, ladies and gentlemen. Check out Anonymous Addiction Deprogramming Podcast. Don't forget to come to Facebook. Anonymous Addiction, My Truth About AA, as Bobby C. sees it. Private group on Facebook. Come join us. Friend me at Bobby C. Sorello on Facebook. Check out Instagram at My Truth About AA. And don't forget to check out the newest thing that I feel really good about involved in My Rehab Cafe, which is a... Uh, rehab over in South Africa that's making strides of uh, sharing uh, information to outpatients about all types of alternative beliefs, alternative methods, and uh, new cutting-edge uh, philosophy or wisdom on this, uh, what they call addiction recovery. You know, just remember it's a multi-marketing, uh, multi-billion dollar uh, industry. So take care, everyone. We'll see you in the next podcast. Bye-bye.